you're listening to the Painted Goddess Podcast, episode number 13. Hello, hello, it's Wednesday, my witches. I am super stoked today. It's an amazing day. We've had an up and down beginning to summer, but summer officially begins on Friday the 21st of June, known as the summer solstice or to a witch, maybe Letha. And this is the longest day of the year. And I, I, I'm not sure if you recall last summer, there was a full moon on the solstice. And so that was like massive as festival high times, right? This year it fell Monday, right? And the full moon was in Sagittarius as it often is during this time of year, because if you're getting a new moon in Gemini, which happens in June, you're going to get the opposite of that sign, which is Sagittarius. Now, depending sometimes on the degrees, we can actually experience a little bit off um, from that. But for the most part, it's going to be a Sagittarius new moon or full moon rather. And, you know, the full moon in Sagittarius is such a expansive time. Not only that, um, I recently learned and many of you may know who knows, but I'm going to share it because I didn't know this. The galactic center is Sagittarius 26 degrees Sagittarius. Now, the galactic center is known as the portal into kind of the universe it's where uh, the Pleiades are, which are a seven sister, seven uh, cluster of stars. Um, and um, many of us are from there, <laughs> um, which it's so interesting. Like I have rejected that thought for a really long time. I was introduced to the Pleiadians when I was a wee lass in Scotland when I was 19 1998 and there was a gentleman from Australia who was traveling through Findhorn and of course you know so many Australians by the way and New Zealanders at that time and probably maybe still they were the most they it felt like everywhere you went someone from Australia was there traveling someone from New Zealand was there traveling it just seemed like they <laughs> traveled a lot and it may maybe because they needed to get around from their little place or maybe I don't know I don't know what it was but I always ran into them anyways so so this is the time when I really started to learn about um, the Pleiades and the photon belt and how if um, once you know the the Mayan calendar shifted which happened a couple of years ago right um, and the time ended we would move into the light photon belt and if you didn't vibrate high enough you would cease to exist. And this actually came as like an echo repercussion of a fear that I had had. <laughs> Original trigger was Fantasia, you guys, when they showed the dinosaurs dying from the asteroid. And I kid you not, that was the first day of my adulthood when I thought, oh my God, if that can happen to dinosaurs, then surely we are just as vulnerable as a species. And I really began to um, love, fear Mother Earth, I think, at that point. 
recognizing her power, recognizing our place within her. And, um, of course it went, took me on this entire journey. I don't think I could have gotten where I am now in my mind and in my heart around, um, our place on this earth and our cohabitation, our sin, uh, you know, our symbiosis, uh, if I had not done that. There's a lot of things that probably um, also contributed that, LSD being one of them, but let's just say that the dinosaurs in Fantasia definitely started me on on getting, you know, into a place of like understanding that we're part of this cosmo journey, right? We're spinning through the universe. Um, and <laughs> where am I going with this? Great question. So where I'm going with this is that this Friday, the solstice, the longest day of the year is influenced by this full moon that has just happened where we have been asked by the Sagittarius centaur archetype of Sagittarius to expand our horizons, to aim higher, vibrate higher, to understand a greater sense of ourselves and our and, and, and invite in our higher self, educate ourselves so that we can understand more and more ways to um, experience the world and to expand our language and to expand um, our understanding of each other um, and to, might I add, this idea of inclusive compassion, which I am so just hot for right now. Inclusive compassion, the Buddhist way of compassion, which is not the Western way of compassion, which is always, um, you know, compassion is something that is enacted on someone else. I have compassion for them. I have compassion for the cause. I have compassion for that foster child. I have compassion. And it doesn't often include ourselves. So what's interesting about compassion that does not include ourselves that I've noticed and maybe you've noticed is that if you have compassion for something else, there's a piece of it that's, that's got some pity, maybe some discomfort around, um, not being able to actually sit in that pain. And it's like kind of covered with compassion. And I think that's indicative of how we sit with our own pain. We just kind of love ourselves instead of kind of sit in the ugliness. Sometimes I think that's a really interesting way in for me. And I'll do some meditating on that at some point soon. Um, again, actually, because even the way I said that just now is, yeah, it shows me that I still have a lot to kind of look over in my own inclusive compassion. You know, I want to include myself in the compassion so that when I get, you know, you can't give to others what you don't give to yourself. That's my belief. Um, that's why I ch I am working to love myself more and more without apologies. That's my chief aim in this time of my life right now because I've recognized how much I hate myself, how much self-loathing I have had, how much self-criticism I have had, how much pain I have had in being who I am and how much I feel like I need to apologize for my existence and shrink. And if you think that's heavy and you want to feel bad for me, don't. Please don't. Because your pity does me no good. What I'd like for you to do instead is look at how well you love yourself and do the work on yourself. So that if someday we meet or when next we meet, if I know you, then we're loving ourselves so fucking much that it pours out and we can 
feel that shit. That's what I'm talking about. That's the raised vibration I'm talking about. So, and I have it in moments. Let's don't, don't get me wrong. Like I don't never feel inclusive compassion for myself, but it is a waxing waning situation. (laughs) And I'm curious, maybe, maybe that's always the wax and wane, right? This is what the moon teaches that we're in ebb and flow. We're constantly shifting and the discomfort of growth is met by are only matched by the discomfort of shrinking and we are full and empty on either side and there's just this sense of undulation that we must get used to right just like the ocean just like the ocean the tides are always grooving right so this friday on the summer solstice after the full moon in sagittarius The energy is high. The high vibrations of this time of year are just incredible. And the sun will enter into cancer. The sign of cancer has to do with cardinal waters, right? So cardinal is this sense of beginning. It's the beginning of summer, okay? So in Western astrology, the cardinal signs always begin the seasons, okay? Aries is a cardinal sign. It begins spring, Cancer is a cardinal sign. It begins summer. Libra is a cardinal sign. It begins autumn. Capricorn is a, is a cardinal sign. It begins winter, right? So these are the beginning. They're, they're the ones that go first. They initiate. There's an initiating energy to it. Now you'll notice too that Aries is fire. Cancer is water. Libra is air. And Capricorn is Earth. So there's a cardinal energy in each of the elements in the zodiac wheel. And that's not by mistake. All of these energies are feeding each other into the next piece so that they can make what is kind of this uh, revolving balance, right? It's a revolution. Uh, So I wanted to read this little piece. Um, I have a very cool little moon diary, astro moon diary. It's done by... Um, gosh, I always forget to remember. (laughs) I want to say her name is Vanessa. I want to give her credit. It's from the UK. And is it Veronica, Vanessa, Tina? I was completely wrong. Tina Tracy. Oh my goodness. I looked at, so there is a Tina X who signs it. And then, um, so there's a couple of people who, Um, do the dedication in the beginning but the woman who makes it her name is Tracy Holloway and you can check out her uh, moon diary at tracyholloway.com h-o-l-l-o-w-a-y right tracy t-r-a-c-y h-o-l-l-o-w-a-y.com slash new moon and you can actually from those there's um, meditation broadcasts so you can get those for every new moon which is amazing but she does these kind of like downloads and um So I wanted to read this one. It's really beautiful. Initiating this new summertime. And don't forget, like summer, it's hot time, right? Just had the Sagittarius moon, all this fire energy, right? Except summer is initiated by cancer. And what is cancer? It's water. It's the mother, the nurture of the zodiac. Drawn by, and this is what her, these are her words. The cardinal waters of cancer generate the powers of bringing forth fruit. Drawn by the insistent pull of the high summer sun, earth's waters surge to their zenith. 
from roots hidden deep in the ancestral realms. They are carrying the inheritance of the past into the future. The promise of the winter solstice is fulfilled by the production of the next generation on the tips of nature's myriad green fountains. Respond to the energy of the seasonal tide by remembering your own roots and honoring whatever you are carrying forward into the future. Take satisfaction in all you have produced. Give out generously of yourself. Protect and nurture all your creations. This is such a beautiful reminder. That depth where all of the energy, right? So during fall time, all the energy gets sent down into the roots. It's sent down, down, down into the roots to protect its energy, okay? Away from all the harsh winter weather, the, the freezing, right? All of that. It draws it all in. Trees, perennials, all that, right? And this winter's promise, it's held there so that as the sun gets more and more at its zenith, right? At its height, at the solstice, it just keeps pulling it. Think of the, think of the sun as this ma- magnetic, you know, just as magnetic as the moon. And although, okay, so the moon literally is a water magnet. Let's just, you know, call it what it is. It's a water magnet. But like this pull, and, and you know, the sun and the moon are um, oscillating, right? They rise together when it's new moon time. They rise at opposite times when it's um, full moon time. And this undulating, you know, kind of fucking fierce thing. And it is, whoo, I, I'm telling you, the pull of it on these plants and it's, and it pulls it down from the depths of those roots and it pulls it up through so that the fruit can be so lush, right? Summer solstice. This is another of her writings. June 21st happens at 1154. And I believe that is, um, Eastern standard time. So that's going to be in the morning, um, 854, uh, Pacific standard time. The sun at its full strength and has reached is at its full strength and has reached the peak of its cycle with the longest day of the year. It appears to stand still for the moment of the solstice. The axis of the earth tilts towards the sun in the northern hemisphere. The tides turn, and from here the light starts to decrease. There is pathos in the moment as the sun, at its highest, is about to start his journey south again. There's this sense that, you know, it's so funny because we don't always think of of the sun cycle, at least I don't. Okay. As a woman who is in practice and in, um, relationship with the moon and her cycle every 29 days, I literally have that too. Okay. My, my moon is about every 26 days. Okay. But I'm in, I'm in a cycle and my cycle is not 365 days long. Right. So, so this height that it hits That happens every 365 days for the sun. The endurance of this cycle is much longer 
the the flavor of that cycle is much longer it's much different and yet it creates the seasons in a much more drastic way and we rely on it to bear fruit like if we don't have a full season like the fruit that won't happen so you think about yourself in a way right and and the same way when we are preserving energy for this, you know, long-term goal so that it bears fruit. And you think, you know, you think of, of how long it takes um, a fruit-bearing tree to actually get good fruit, you know, sometimes seven to ten years. It's just really very interesting to akin yourself to a kind of tree that might be bearing fruit and think, wow, you know, what am I like? Um, I think that's a beautiful exercise for the solstice to just kind of tap into your own cyclical pattern. (sighs) Okay. A few things that I also want to share. Happy solstice, of course. So a few things I'm up to, and I hope that you'll join me in. The first one, I just want to thank all of you who expressed interest in the Tarot Collective, but did not get in. I'm going to be doing this course again in the fall, and I hope that you will consider joining me. I know that sometimes summer can be a little hectic and people are all over the place, and so some of you are hesitant to to jump in for this time, but I know that the fall maybe can slow down a little bit depending on your kind of schedule. I also want to just tell you that from the first couple weeks of this class, I'm seeing and and receiving a good amount of feedback and I don't see it as being um, as time consuming as I had originally thought in some ways but of course whenever you get into tarot it's just like when (laughs) the same jokes about tarot can be made about crystals right where it's like oh the first moment you're like, oh, just one quartz crystal, you have one. And then all of a sudden you're just like gritting your entire household. <laughs> but it's and the same can be said for a tarot. It can get a little, you know, out of hand because there's just so much rich beauty happening in the tarot community with different artists expressing themselves through decks, right? So you can definitely um, approach it in any way. Anyways, I just wanted to, you know, put out there that it's going to continue And um, it's been really exciting to see all of the breakthroughs happening already in the class. So anyways, I wanted you to know that that's going to be up um, again. Also, I am um, super excited about some work that's emerging. I just finished yesterday having um, a class online with a dear friend of mine and colleague, Suzette West from Wild Hearts Rising. I actually have an interview brewing with her But I had some audio issues, so I decided to wait and um, fix that so that you guys can have that have some of that content, get a taste of what that's about um, at a later date. But so and and the work here is working with Chiron, okay, the wounded healer, and I'm going to be offering some consultations around Chiron returns, but also working with Chiron wherever that that is for you. Chiron will be in Aries for the next eight years. There's a lot of us that need this work. And I wanted to just kind of call out if you have um, wounds, very deep wounds that feel as though they are 
wounds of the ego, wounds of self-identity, not knowing who you are, feeling like you cannot be who you are or be seen. Um, uh, anything to do with armoring up yourself so that you don't feel so vulnerable because you've been wounded in a deep way. If you want to dig into what that looks like in your chart, um, I'd love to do a reading around that for you. Um, and it's not exactly on my website, but, um, we would call it the same as like the three ally, um, reading or, uh, with three cards plus a natal chart. So, um, and I might get something up in the future, but if you have any, um, any interest in working with Chiron, um, in, and get in, getting an astrological reading, I would love to do that for you. And I know also that Suzette is offering to do some introductory calls. She's a really amazing heart math coach and meaningful work maven. She's got a, a ton of credentials behind her, not only uh, not the least of being her own life as a creation of um, pushing against all of these kinds of barriers. So, um, and she's been my life coach as well, my business coach. So I wanted to just kind of plug her a little bit. If you have any interest in the work, it seems to buzz you. Um, your Chiron return will happen around 50, but Chiron is, like I said, in Aries transiting for everyone. Some of us have more going on in that sign. You know, if you're an Aries sun, if you've got an Aries moon, if, if, if something's happening there, if your North Node is in Aries, there's an opportunity right now for the next six or seven years to really go at it and, and work with Chiron's energy to heal those pieces. And, um, I think that some of this work is really well supported by how I read for people. And I'm really excited to kind of open that up and see, um, how that unfolds, uh, because I'm really feeling called to do that work. So there's that. I also want to let you know that there is a exciting uh, development happening and a Seattle woman um, is starting a basically a witch Etsy. You heard me, a witch Etsy. So for a long time, witchy kinds of products have been kind of on the eh side of Etsy and you have to be very careful about how you word things and lots of witches have had their um, their stuff taken down due to claims, but we all know what we're going for when we want magical pieces. We're looking for whimsy. We're looking for solid intention. We're looking for really good practitioners who take pride in their work and, and responsibly source their herbs and what have you. So I, um, am really excited to work with the witchywench.com and this, this is going to be a website where you will be able to see a bunch of witches who are making their offerings in a, in a, in a space. And there's lots of exciting things coming. So I, I really encourage you to go, um, to the witchywench.com and sign up now to get, um, in on the first round of vendors. Now it's going to be like a marketplace and I'm one of those vendors. I'm going to have a few readings and there's a couple of special, um, offerings just for witchy, witchywench.com that you won't be able to get anywhere else. So I highly encourage you to go there and again, that website, and it'll be in the show notes. How about that? 
let's make sure I, because I want to make sure it's not the witchy wench. Um, it is witchywench.com www.witchywench.com Okay? So, you've got to get in and um, sign up now. You can get a backdoor invite to open your store even before you launch. So if you're a witch and you want to post your stuff and be, you know, then get that. So, um, yeah, I love, I love this woman who's, who's opening it. She's going to really help get our work out into the world. And, um, and if you're somebody who just loves witchy shit and wants to go and buy from legit wishes, wishes, like bishes, get it? Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's now a thing. That's a thing now. Okay. It's a thing. Uh, then you should go there and check that shit out. Now, just so you know, too, Mercury is going to go retrograde soon, you guys. And I don't want to um, bring fear into your heart around it, but you might want to know where that's happening in your chart. And if you do, Give me a call. I can do a quick little check um, for a small exchange. Of course, my time um, is worth it, but um, I'd love to look into that for you. I can I can definitely put together, um, you know, last last return uh, retrograde rather Mercury retrograde. I put together a little workbook to work through some stuff that is generally present for Mercury retrograde. So. If anybody um, asks to get a retrograde reading and gets um, buys one of the, you know, natal chart and a cycle reading with the three card ally, whether that's for Chiron or for Mercury retrograde, you can get one for Saturn. This is the thing. I want to work with the planets and see what's going on for you. And if if one thing seems to be more impactful than the other, that's where we'll go with the work. Okay, Um, but there's a lot going on. And what I'd like to do is kind of try to either synergize what's going on, especially if you've got kind of that synergistic stuff going on between all these transits, or if there is one transit that seems to be really highlighted in your chart that's happening right now, then we focus there and we work on that. And, um, I think that that's something that is going to be super fun. So yeah, Mercury goes retrograde on July 7th. I think it is. Yes, the seventh. It's a Sunday. So, you know, there's we're going to pop into the shadow of the Mercury retrograde soon. And that just means that we're going through the place where we're going to go back over, right? And then we'll go through it again. We, we, we basically make three passes on a certain section. And it's happening in the sign of Leo, for the most part, it goes back into cancer and then goes back into Leo. So if you're, if you're interested in, in doing some of that work and getting a reading done around that, I'd love to do that too. That's what's up for, for this month really is Mercury retrograde. 
I want to talk about Chiron. Um, if you're in your Saturn return, if you're around 27, 28, 29, and you are going through some shit, I'd love to do a reading for you there too. Definitely want to, want to talk to you about that. Uh, so basically if you're at a point of transition and things are getting a little crazy and you're finding it hard to focus on how you are going to root yourself or you're playing catch up in some way, or you're trying to heal something that seems a little stubborn, I'd love to give you some support from the universe and channel some energy down and uh, create a little ritual in your life with you. But that's what I do. Okay. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have a beautiful week. Happy solstice. Happy Letha. And have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for listening. It's such a pleasure every week to spend time with you, and I really appreciate you listening and being here. If you've enjoyed this podcast or benefited from it, please share it with your friends. If you'd like to know more or work with me, you can go to paintagoddess.com and find all of my free resources as well as how to book a reading with me. I work together astrology and tarot, which has been a really illuminating process for my customers and clients and friends. And I would love to do a reading for you and see where we're at today 